This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, recorded December 27th, 2011. The very special year in review show. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Draper's Barbecue, a third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Their line of products represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles of Shane's home. Pick up their smoke and sauce and AP rub today by visiting drapersbbq.com. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers, and of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. The show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs. You'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website thebbqcentral.com now let's get in the smoke here's your program host greg rempe hey gang welcome to another edition of the really big barbecue central show yeah it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Happy to have you here on your Tuesday. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Special show tonight. 
little 2011 year in review. Next time we have a live show, which will be the 2nd of January, a new year eclipses, and we find ourselves in the midst of another fresh 12 months to take advantage of. So I figured it would be good uh, this time since there's not a lot of competition stuff going on and I didn't want to be searching for perhaps mindless content to fill these next two hours and figured we would go ahead and take a look back. I made a couple Facebook posts a few weeks ago in regards to getting some ideas about uh, what you would like to see as a listener base in regards to 2011 best of stuff. So over the next two hours or so, we will go ahead and kind of recap what happened on the show over the last 12 months. We'll talk about some sound bites that I was able to grab, some of the bits, some songs, and of course, uh, the top rants that happened on the show as well. If you would like to jump in and give your own thought on what you liked best about the show, what you didn't like best about the show, uh, things that have changed that you'd like to see come back, things you'd like to see go away, whatever the case may be, you can weigh in one of two different ways. You can, of course, call in at 877 448 That's 877 You can also go ahead and email the show with your anecdotes on the show for this past year in 2011, Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com is the way to get in touch with the show via the email. So those are your two ways to do that. Take advantage of it. We'd love to hear from you tonight and see what you thought was some of the best stuff that happened right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. If you're not getting me on uh, outdoorcookingchannel.com, you can also look for me latalkradio.com. They are the uh, the, the patriarch of the syndication unit here carried the first hour uh, right along ever since we've had the inception of the live show. And of course, Barbie Central Radio Network spawned, and then uh, this year we joined forces with Kevin Bevington over at homebbq.com uh, when he launched Outdoor Cooking Channel, so now you can get the audio-video feed there as well. If you've missed any portion of any show, go to the Barbie Central Radio Network's homepage and go to the archives. You can download... Uh, since 2010, the full list of archives, and you can stream right there on the website. You can also go to OutdoorCookingChannel.com, and right on that homepage, there's a Barbecue Central Radio Show video on demand. So if you'd like to see the video archives of the show since it's been on Outdoor Cooking Channel, you can look at it there. And if you'd like the full extensive archives, I think it's like 250-some-odd shows or whatever that number is at this point because we've been doing it for so long, you can subscribe through iTunes. If you have a smartphone that is Android-based, you can go and get a free app called Beyond Pod, Beyond Pod, and then uh, just search for Barbecue Central Radio Show. It will come up in the search, and just go ahead and subscribe there, and just refresh it every Wednesday morning, and as soon as the feed gets updated, it will automatically go right into your Android phone, and then you don't have to worry about, since you don't have iTunes, it doesn't update as quickly, or you have to wait for it to post on the Barbecue Central Radio Network's archive page in order to hear the show from the previous, in case you didn't get to hear the show live and in person. So that's what we have loaded in tonight. Not sure exactly uh, how long it's going to go, but again, if you're interested in jumping in and sharing some of your recollections of what's happened, it doesn't have to be related to the show at all. It can be something that you transpired in your barbecue life over the last 12 months as well. 877 Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. Let's go ahead. Start the recapping right here on the show. We'll start January 2011. Almost a year ago right now. The very first show that year, uh, this year, I was joined 
by a few of my talk show host companions at the time. And they are in varying stages of their podcast. So these weren't live talk show hosts, uh, but they were part of my Barbecue Central Radio networks at that point. I had JM from the Celebrity Grill podcast, and I had Brian Mayer from Hot Sauce Weekly. Both of those shows kind of fell out of regular repetition. For me, having the Barbecue Central Radio networks, it was important to not only play the last six shows that had happened for, for me, for my show, but I wanted to incorporate some similar themed shows. I thought Brian fit the niche very well with his hot sauce because that also kind of assimilated into barbecue to varying degrees. And, of course, JM had a panel-style show at that point where he was throwing out a topic and getting two, three, four people in there to share their thoughts on a specific subject. JM does a very good job at hosting. Uh, both kind of uh, started to fade off a little bit. JM spun into some video stuff. I did see on Twitter recently that he might be getting back into the audio podcast side, which is a good thing because I think JM does a very good job at hosting. Um, don't, too, don't know too much about Brian, perhaps, if Hot Sauce Chick is in tonight. She can kind of fill us in and, and see where... Hot Sauce Weekly is going because I think that show was a very important podcast serving a very important niche to that particular market, which is mostly hot sauce. But they fit well into the whole Barbecue Central Radio Network's theme and genre, giving you a little bit more of a broad scope on the things that we constantly deal with here in the world of barbecue and grilling. Also, I had Hux Hut in there as well. And uh, again, somebody who has kind of fallen off in regards to producing regular content. I'm not sure exactly uh, what Huck is, Huck is up to in regards to the show. And I know he's still doing some Twitter posting and uh, putting up posts on his blog and then keeping some content, some information out there. So uh, to all those guys that I was uh, dealing with last year at this time, I hope everybody's doing well and hope things are continuing on for you with your respective shows. And if you ever need anything, you know, give me a holler. Uh, we also talked to KCBS, kind of ending where it begins or and beginning where it ends, whatever the case may be. We were talking uh, 2011 elections at that point, and we had Big Jim Stancil on, and he was talking about his run for the Kansas City Barbecue Society's Board of Directors. Maybe you uh, don't recall this, but January last year, we talked to Ray Lampy. Dropped some huge news. He was engaged. Ray, you still engaged? Anybody know if Ray is still engaged? I haven't heard anything on the contrary, but he did announce right here on the show that uh, January he was engaged. He was a kept man at that point. Also, let me go sound bites here. Ray dropped one of the best sound bites for the beginning part of the year. We had we were talking a number of different topics at that point, and I talked to him about specifically the KCBS and, and where they were at. Uh, all the many months following up to election, there was all of this happenstance and uh, debauchery going on within the BOD, or at least that's what members were saying. So I wanted to get Ray's opinion because he knows a lot of people that are on there. He had served on the board for a long time, very well steeped in the traditions of KCBS and knows what it's going on. Uh, inside the very walls of and top men and women out there. And he coined the phrase, well, it might be better if uh, Ray tells you itself. They're just in, a, in a, a fucking mud hole with each other at this point. And... Oh, my Lord. <laughs> a what? Let's hear him say that again. They're just in a, in a, a fucking mud hole with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was a good uh, good soundbite from Ray Lampy dropping. I think you, you knew Ray was getting a little loose because he dropped the F word. 
right there on the show without even thinking about it. Uh, we also talked with Brad Barrett from GrillGrate.com. That was that aftermarket product that goes right on your existing grill grates, raises the meat up, uh, doesn't allow that uh, scorching or your particular food to catch fire, perhaps if grease is reaching, uh, leaching down in. Also, we talked with Mike Wozniak about winning Team of the Year. He's pitmaster for QOW. He won it the previous year, so we talked to him, and he recapped uh, his whole 2010 season. We talked with Brian Knox of Knox Spice and Seasoning Company. And we also, if you recall, talked with Randy the Manster White about barbecue, his particular restaurants that he's got there in Texas. And Randy also gave us his expert opinion on who he thought was going to win the Super Bowl this past year, which ended up being the... uh, wasn't it the New Orleans? Oh, no, it was the um, the Green Bay Packers. So uh, there you go. That was January 2011. NFL Hall of Famer Randy White was on the show, in case you forgot to Go back and get that. That was a great segment. All right, gang, we're well into the 2011 year in review. But I do want to tell you that Fred's Music and Barbecue in just a few short months is announcing the two-day competition barbecue school March 10th. And 11th, again 2012, presenting Todd Johns from the Pork Pullin' Plowboys. Todd is one of the most successful and winningest team captains on the competition barbecue circuit, one of the most sought-after instructors in the world. In the last few months, teams that took his class won both the American Royal, and of course 500-plus teams compete in that, and the Jack Daniels International Invitational Tournament, the two most prestigious contests in the world. Those teams that took Todd's class won those. They're taking reservations right now, and people from all over the country have already registered. If you ever thought that you would want to get into competition barbecue, or you just want to improve your skills on the grill, this is a huge bargain for the class and the talent that's going to be in here. Now, due to the economy of scale and the demand for Todd's class, Fred is only able to have his class right in the Shillington, Pennsylvania uh, facility. That's right, at the very foundations of Fred's Music and Barbecue will this class take place. Don't miss this opportunity. If you've ever considered to take one of these classes, Todd Johns from Pork Pullin' Plowboys, and ask any of those other people that are out there putting class. Say Dave Bosco right now. Dave, would you sign up for uh, for Todd's class if you were looking? Somebody was trying to get into your sold-out class. Where would you refer them to? I'm imagining one of those team names that would pop up would be Pork Pullin' Plowboys and Todd Johns. From everybody that's taken his class, from all accounts, lots of great information. Breaking it all the way down. No secrets kept back. A true tell-all. And again, this is going to take place March 10th and 11th this upcoming year in 2012. So go to BBQ. I'm sorry, TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com and register. Don't forget to do it. Now... If you're looking for other stuff, like sauces and rubs, cookers and grills, accessories, if it has anything to do with barbecue and grilling, you're going to find it at Fred's Music and Barbecue as well. So be sure to check them out. TastyLicksBBQ.com is the website. And you're going to want to go ahead and uh, hook up. Look, it's, you got to deal with somebody online that's trusted. It's going to give you support after the fact in case you run into any issues. So do that. It's Fred's Music and Barbecue. We're coming back with more of the 2011 Year in Review with the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Stand by.
Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Pass the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. I want to give a special what up to everybody in the chat room. Big ups. What's happening? Feel free to uh, chime in with your best moments of 2011 here on the show. We continue with February. Lakeland, Florida. Tuffy gets DQ'd. Sorry, that's the one I want. Turn in controversy runs amok. And it was all caught on tape at one of the very first events that took place during the course of the KCBS competition schedule. And Carolyn Wells was there to make the final determination, although catching a lot of criticism because, as you were able to see right through the videotape, clock went down. Tuffy came in, there was hemming, there was hawing. I believe that Tuffy was given a false sense of security that he was going to be okay. They were going to allow his entry. I've maintained through this whole time that, in my opinion, if that would have been me, I would have immediately told Tuffy that he was late and then he was disqualified. He was going to have to take that brisket turn in and hit the bricks, pal. So the hemming, the hawing, that was like one of the biggest contracts and really seemed to stem – what ended up being a very big year, if you go back and look at some of the big names in the competition industry, a lot of DQing that was going on this year from a lot of names that it's not their first time at the rodeo. They understand that there's a clock to meet. They understand that there is time clocks that need to be met. Look, let's synchronize swatches. Let's make sure that we're all on the same page. And that was a big event that took place in February down at the Lakeland, Florida competition, the uh, Tuffy Getting DQ'd controversy. We also talked to our monthly guest, Robin uh, Medlin Lindars, and uh, she had missed a show. We called. Uh, she was not there. She had completely spaced out on it and left me a message the following day uh, begging for mercy, wondering if she was ever going to be able to come on the show again, all this stuff. And uh, she left a, a very me a nice message but had dropped a, a couple unsavory words that I didn't uh, anticipate her using. And I thought, you know, what would be better than perhaps uh, taking that message and then having a little fun with what I call sensor uh, beeps, fun with sensor beeps. So the thing that we're about to play now is something that some other talk shows have, have used where we're just inserting that sensor beep. You know what the sensor beep sounds like. Let me pull it up for you here real quick. This is what the sensor beep sounds like, right? So that somebody is swearing when you hear that. I don't have to lead you too far in. Uh, so I took uh, Robin's voicemail that she had left me, apologizing for leaving the show out in the, uh, in the proverbial wind, and added some sensor beeps and made it sound a lot worse than it really was. Perhaps you remember this little gem of 2011. Sit back and listen to this, baby. Hey, Greg, it's Robin. I feel like the biggest in the world. I 
completely spaced last night. Like, I don't know what happened to me. I just completely forgot. I had even been excited about the doing the show all day and all weekend. I'd been prepping for it. But, but anyway, I am a total jerk, and I apologize. I feel so bad. I woke up at, like, 5.30 this morning, and I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about the radio show. And I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I just feel like such a jerk. But I have no other excuse other than the fact that I completely based on it. Um, I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. And um, obviously, I still want to be on the show. If you want me to go on next week instead, I promise I won't forget. And um, She's laughing. Uh, you can make fun of me on air as much as you like, I apologize. I'm I'm feeling like such a schmuck right now. If you want to call me to chat, my cell is... I'll take that out. Talk to you soon. Hope you have a good day. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the best fun with sensor beeps you could ever have. She dropped like two F-bombs in the whole message, but I strung it out with an extra 15 or 20. Uh, so that was uh, one of the, the best bits out there for 2011 that we had on the show. Uh, also, we talked in February with Mike Ryman. We talked about him starting his own competition sanction, sanctioning body. Mike was, if I remember correctly, I don't know if he was banned by KCBS or he was just not invited to come back and uh, promote or organize any competition, uh, competitions through KCBS. And he said, you know what, uh, I'll go ahead and start my own thing out there in the Arizona and surrounding regions and started the Barbecue Championship Series. So we talked to Mike about that. We also talked to Scotty Johnson from Cancer Sucks Chicago that month. And if you recall, there was like this spontaneous fundraiser. Dave Bosca pulled up. Daniel Domofsky came on, and all of a sudden we got into a bidding war for it – it was something ridiculous. I don't even remember what it was. And people were coughing up 50 bucks here and 100 bucks there, and we stretched it out for the week, and I had, was able to get in touch with Scotty about uh, six, seven days later after the fact. Uh, people were donating into uh, PayPal accounts, and we were turning them back out uh, just as donations to Scotty. I think we were able to raise somewhere in the 450 to $500 size. Just spontaneously. It wasn't even anything that was planned. It wasn't like a telethon or anything like that. Scotty does a great job for raising funds for cancer research. Uh, if you know about Scotty's story, about his wife Corliss and uh, dying of prostate cancer, this is a very uh, huge passion of his and something that he is insatiably trying to raise money and find cures for so people don't have to suffer a similar fate, uh, not only uh, for Scotty and his daughters, but for uh, his wife as well. So that was uh, one of my favorite spots and highlights of 2011 was that spontaneous fundraiser. We were able to, to raise that money to donate back to Scotty. Also, we talked with Mark Breen from Syria Grill. People ask me all the time, what's a good guest like? What are some of your favorite guests? The bottom line is this. There's a lot of times, folks, and other people that host their own radio shows know that you just don't have a lot of time to potentially kind of pre-interview somebody so you can see how they're interacting with you on the phone. What are they like? What are they getting to? Do they have passion? Do they not have passion? Are they a long talker? Are they a short talker? And kind of be able to fill out the segment that way. And while Mark is a great competition barbecue cook, somebody you probably don't want to see pulling into a lot, 
like some others, not the best radio interview ever. Just not a lot of passion and enthusiasm coming across in his voice. Not saying that he is not a passionate person when it comes to certain other things, but just a very laid-back kind of guy. So a great barbecue cook, championship award-winning barbecue cook. Like some other people have been on, just doesn't necessarily translate well over the airwaves. And we want to make sure that we're bringing you uh, high intensity, high energy interviews there. So uh, that is uh, that, that was who we had, uh, Mark Breen from Serial Grill. We also had Bill Arnold on from Blues Hog for the first time. Of course, he is well known for that Blues Hog barbecue sauce that I think every uh, or most uh, many competition teams use, or as at least as a base for their sauce in competitions. We talked with Tuffy Stone. Following the same vein of, uh, you know, Mark not having a lot of enthusiasm in the voice. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Tuffy, he's a little bit of a talker now. He took over the show. He can be a little, self-admittedly, he can be a little long-winded now. So I got to pick my spots with Tuffy, make sure I got a lot of buffer on either side of segments uh, when we bring him on. We had Melissa Cookston from Yazoo's Delta Q on in February. We also talked with Heath Hall, one of many times throughout this past year. They were announcing that launch of Backyard Barbecue. I'm sorry, Barbecue Backyard. I believe that website is bbqbackyard.com. I haven't really checked in with Heath on seeing how that is actually going. Anybody in the chat room still, like, checking that out and playing around with Barbecue Backyard? We talked with Candy Weaver, the president of Kansas City Barbecue Society, to kind of check in and see where her feelings were, just kind of getting into the presidency. Then in March, we talked with Kevin Bevington, who decided to unveil the what? Yeah, that's right, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Officially announced the launch. Uh, we then were able to quickly put together a, a video feed here. And ever since, I think, March, we've been doing live shows right there on Outdoor Cooking Channel, aside from uh, some of the other places that uh, see us regularly on the audio side as well. We had first-timer to the live show, Craig Sherry. Actually, Craig was a, that's the first time I ever had Craig Sherry on the show. And we talked about Texas Pepper Jelly. We talked about his... Really successful competition backyard uh, or competition background. He won the Houston Livestock and Rodeo this past year in 2011. We talked with Tom Gellert from Edge Ed Q Caters, Tim Bryan from Greenleaf Barbecue with those uh, wine soaked oak wood staves that we used to give away all the time here on the show. We had a tragedy. Get that big stuff out of here. Harry Carey died again on the show. March 2011, it only seems like a week ago, but uh, March 2011, Harry Carey stopped making the fourth segment. In turn, we kind of stopped the fourth segment free-for-all altogether at that point as well. But uh, Harry Carey permanently retired from the show hosting that fourth segment free-for-all, much to the chagrin of many centralites. We also talked with Ted Reeder in March. We talked with the barbecue addicts, uh, Jason Day. Did you recall that they released a book called Barbecue Makes Everything Better, and it won the best barbecue cookbook in the world? What? The best barbecue cookbook in the world it won. Barbecue Addicts. Then April 2011 came along. Ray Lampy joined us again. We also talked with Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's. April also spawned one of the favorite segments ever in the show. Say it with me if you know what I'm about to get to. <clears throat> and you got to get real low when you talk about it. Deep beef. 
That was in April. Can you believe it? April spawned the deep beef bit, which we will be getting to as well. Say it with me again. Deep beef. Can you get that low? I'm a bass in the choir at church. Deep beef was born in April. That's right. Meathead Goldwyn came on. I believe this was the segment after I decided that it was going to be probably one of the best ideas I have ever had to bring Meathead back each and every month to talk about a topic. Look, you're in camps of Meathead. You love Meathead like me. You hate Meathead like most of you people. And you listen to me challenge him. We have a, a give and take, a back and forth and ideas. He is uh, quite a proliferator of information on many different subjects. And it, we, I believe it was – man, we, we did the whole – was barbecue and grilling the same or uh, – he, he was under the impression that barbecue was – or grilling was falling under the umbrella or the domain of barbecue. I thought they were two separate – Plateaus and cooking platforms, and, and one cannot be under one another. You can't have one under the other. They're just completely two different things. So we argued a little bit back and forth, and good, good fun, and good nature. And then there was like a, a good gap of maybe two months, and we got him back on in April. And Meathead talked about wieners and regional styles of uh, wieners and all of that fun stuff. <laughs> There was Chicago dogs and New York dogs, and there were North uh, New England dogs. There were Southern dogs. I believe there were California dogs. Of course, in Ohio, you have the Cincinnati chili dogs, better known as Skyline, which I believe have cinnamon and chocolate in their meat sauce. Luckily, we have a Skyline just a, a few cities south of us, so I can enjoy the succulence of those cheese conies. And they're absolutely fabulous, just little bitty, uh, little bitty weens with lots of cheese and meat on them. Oh, they're so good. So Meathead talked about wieners, and, and at that point I realized we got to have a monthly segment with the Meathead, and so it was born after we talked intricately about wieners. We also talked with Bob Trudnack from the Barbecue Guru. He recapped the 2010 competitions, and we also talked a little bit about the business and what they were looking forward to putting out in 2011, we talked also – well, we didn't talk with her, but we had Kelly Dodd, embedded reporter and daughter of special agent DEA, country protector Brian Dodd, pitmaster of Who's Smoking. Kelly, a budding reporter, somebody who's looking to possibly get into some type of journalism down the road. She's been filing embedded reports for us for the past uh, – this is going on the second year now, and she was at the Pork in the Park, did a bunch of interviews with some of the top teams that were out there during that competition. So we always appreciate when Kelly does have the time to go out to those competitions with her dad. And while he's competing, she's going around and bothering all of the pitmasters. For me, taking the onus on herself to be rude on my behalf uh, to get the words and then reaction after the winners get announced. We also, first-timer to the show, had Ken Hess. He talked some Big Bob Gibson's barbecue, and uh, we got some background on him. He's a classically trained chef. For years, I believe he was down at the Greenbrier, and he was maybe not necessarily working hand-in-hand with Stephen Reichland, the guy who wrote Barbecue University and all those different barbecue books and has got a lot of those great tools and cookbooks out there. And then somehow lured away from 
the Greenbrier. Greenbrier had like financial trouble because I remember talking with Ray Lampy and Chris Lilly and Myron Mixon about how they were doing their what was it called like Pitmaster pit class or master chef barbecue class where two of the three were showing up on any given weekend and, and giving these high-end classes. Look, I don't think I'm shedding any secrets when I say that, you know, you got to have some money in order to get into the Greenbrier. For me, I ain't going people coming to me. But if you can shuck out that money to go into what is at that point considered one of the most highfalutin resorts to go to and then get your barbecue class on with widely considered to be two of the uh, best pit masters at any given time during that class uh, to teach you a thing or two about barbecue and grilling. Um, lured away and he went to work with uh, Chris Lilly. Perhaps they actually, uh, now that I'm thinking about it and talking to my own self, Chris and Ken met at the Greenbrier and I think they were able to, to put together a deal and, and he was able to get Ken away from the Greenbrier and Chris got him over at Big Bob Gibson's, and when they hit the competition trail, uh, Haas has his own or had his own competition cooking team uh, as well. So good move for Ken Hess and keeping that whole barbecue thing alive. That's what happened in April. May rolled around. We had Chris Hart from IQ on. He is a multiple-time Jack Daniels participant. He is a winner of the Jack Daniels as well. Specifically, he was on to talk about what really had to be one of the worst barbecue shows ever in the history of ever. The Food Network's Best in Smoke TV show. I mean, well, that, that was a nightmare. However, probably very happy that he was invited and involved in that. Of course, I mean, we can sit here and bash apart that show and what a joke. And there was no budget for any type of set. And it was crazy. Who were the people that they had on there? Look, we're snobs when it comes to barbecue and these pitmasters that we care for and see on these different circuits getting, you know, snubbed. Chris was probably one of, uh, and Chris was probably the most elite level of competition barbecue that was on that show. Somebody that's out there doing it on a regular basis that is one. Uh, Chris does, Chris Lilly was on there as well. He does competitions, but he doesn't do as many as Chris Lilly does. He's certainly still winning. They won Memphis in May uh, this past year. And they, I think they only missed the Jack Daniels by like half a point, or it was something ridiculous between uh, smoking was smoking hogs at one. They did very well for the small amount of competitions that they used, but and then they had famous Dave, and I don't think uh, they had Brad from uh, the Shed. I don't even think they compete. And the guy that hated even being on the set, it looked like Matt Lang or whatever his name was. So I don't know about the cast, the judges. It was a joke. It was just a horrible thing all the way around. I do like the fact that it had to kind of do with competition. I don't know. It was nice to see some people that I know that I've had on the show on maybe just more self-serving than anything else. But I think when we look at how bad the show was in in comparison to some of the other, uh, let's call it John Marcus-type efforts, this one was probably one of the worst shows ever on the face of television. Uh, we had Robin Lindars back on again in May. We had Scott Nelson from Swine Assassins talking about their hot start to this competition season. We also had the first installment of the Barbecue Ribs Roundtable for 2011. Can't believe it was almost halfway through the year before we got into that. Uh, Tim Patton from Swap Sauce. Shane Draper 
from Draper's Barbecue and a guy that lives here locally, fan of the show, and a, a recent entry into the Oinktoberfest out there in Clarence, New York. Doug Killily, who actually sat in for the Barbecue Ribs Roundtable. We did have a little bit of Astro Dark time with Doug talking about how we got into barbecue and the cookers that he used and all that stuff. But that was the uh, first edition in for the Barbecue Ribs Roundtable, and uh, that was for the Backyard Barbecue Cook as well. We're going to get back to more 2011 Year in Review wrap-up. Again, I want your takes, want your calls, want your thoughts. 877-448-0433. Greg at the bbqcentralshow.com Let me tell you folks about the Barbecue Guru. We're going to talk about them a little bit coming up here in the year in review because they unveiled a product that is completely revolutionizing automatic pit temperature control devices and how we know them. Before I want to talk about that I want to tell you that these people are on the cutting edge of technology. They are constantly doing research and development. They are constantly throwing ideas and improvements and revisions up against the wall and seeing what tickets or what sticks, listening to the customer base, and then deciphering what the market needs from the barbecue guru. They're a well-established competition barbecue team winning some of the top honors that anybody can get during the course of a season. They make that onyx oven. Now, it's not huge. It's not 10 feet tall by 10 feet wide. It's not super-duper huge. But you can get a lot of meat in it. It is extremely fuel-efficient. Maybe you didn't know this, folks. Hate to break the news. We're in a recession. Economy's not that good right now, okay? You want to maximize fuel in every regard. You want to maximize fuel in your car? Yes. You want to maximize fuel in your cooker? Yes, that's why you need to think about getting that Onyx oven, dual wall insulate. You're able to hook up one of those automatic pit temperature control devices and allow it to effectively maintain that temperature so you're maximizing fuel consumption, getting more cook for your absolute dollar when it comes to charcoal fuel. So let me tell you about these automatic pit temperature control devices. These are things that you can pick from. They will maintain your pit temperature at the exact temperature that you require. You want a wireless unit where you can walk around the ridiculous backyard or the neighborhood and chat it up with your neighbors. The ProCom 4 wireless unit is for you. They also have a CyberQ2, the DigiQDX, and of course that new one that they just introduced earlier in the year, the PartyQ. $129 value for regular bullet style and Weber grills. Also, $139 for those ceramic-style cookers. You need that special adapter on the slide wall there. It's all-inclusive. Double-A batteries. It's fabulous. You can find them two ways. TheBBQGuru.com. You can also dial them up toll-free at 800-288-GURU and consult with any of the people that are there on the sales staff. Highly knowledgeable. And again, buy with confidence. Support after the fact if you need it. TheBBQGuru.com. 800-288-GURU. And we are coming back with more 2011 Roundup. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Give me two shots, we don't need a radio, bring a 
jukebox for my outlaws. Bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. All right, we continue on with the 2011 year in review. Bitch. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. In May, we talked to Meathead again about the best in smoke tanking. And then we also got into the burger talk. We talked at length about burgers, how to make them, what meat to fat, sorry, what meat to fat ratio to use, bacon, if you should boil them, if you should bake them, if you should cook them on high heat, or if you should sous vide them, if you should make that thumbprint down in the middle of the meat. We covered it from top to bottom. That was in a May episode with Meathead when he joined us for this monthly visit. Also talked to Chris Lilly. He came on to talk about Big Bob Gibson's win at the Memphis in May 2011. Congrats again. Huge honor, especially after coming back and having done so well in that competition for years in a row and then having quite a dip down in performance to come back and win that one. I know that was big for Chris and Ken both. You know, I, I never asked, well, I did ask Ken who he thought the uh, the pitmaster was. He immediately relinquished to Ken, or I'm sorry, <laughs> he immediately, immediately relinquished to Chris. And I, I never mentioned or I never asked Chris what he thinks or, or what kind of a huge role Ken plays in the success of the team overall. I'm sure it's uh, super high quality as well. We also, first appearance to the show, and somebody who has been sponsoring a bunch of great wood giveaways, Fred Gross from Mojo Bricks, came on and introduced his product, which has really been sweeping the nation when it comes to not only backyard, but competi- a lot of competition teams are using them. Maybe you want to try them yourself right now. Go ahead, take 50% off with the code BIGHICKBBQ. BIGHICKBBQ. And it's 50% off your order. It's good through the end of the year. So I just want to throw that out for you. But Fred talks in depth about how the product is made, how he got the idea, what inspired them, why they burn so well, how to use them. It's a consistent wood flavor and wood smoke and teams absolutely love them uh, i'm not a team guy but i like to use them in my bullet style smokers as well because they just burn really long i mean anything that you can get a lot of mileage out of i'm always a big fan of so again if you're interested in trying it out for yourself there's a current promotion running right now 50 percent off your order but you have to type in the code big hick bbq and again that's good till the end of the year which is uh, over the next few days john marcus emmy award-winning producer john marcus came in we t- he was more than happy to talk about how the Best in Smoke lacked a lot of cool stuff, I guess, when it comes to barbecue shows and was quick to uh, point out its shortcomings and where he thought uh, it, it uh, left the barbecue world lacking, as it were. And then, of course, he weighed in on how he thought his new show would kind of pick up that slack. Now, n- neither in John's defense or offense, his barbecue showdown series or whatever it was was on uh, CBS or one of the huge major networks so that was a huge coup just to be able to pull that off and get it in front of that many people during a baseball season on a Saturday I think it was like at one or two or three o'clock in the afternoon so prime time afternoon but that was it there was only one airing of that show so I haven't really been in touch with John since to kind of follow up and see where the networks were thinking about possibly bringing on more episodes uh, or anything like that but as far as shows are concerned, that was 
probably one of the best representations of competition, Barbie. But I think we can all agree, and I had asked John on a number of occasions, because John actually avails himself to come here on the show. An Emmy Award-winning producer avails himself to come on this show. It's internet radio, for crying out loud, to talk about no matter what the circumstance, you're never going to probably see, unless it's on the higher-up cable channels, like if it goes back to a TLC, something like a Pitmasters 1 where you saw what the competitions were really like, where you, people were always bitching about you didn't see enough prep, you didn't see enough how were they making this or, or cooking time or all this stuff. I remember when when this was a – people were bitching about it because this wasn't showing the light of – and then all of a sudden after three or four more shows out there – all of a sudden, Pitmasters 1 was revered as the show which all other barbecue shows should be measured by. But I always think it's correct to make sure everybody goes back and looks and see the criticism that Pitmasters 1 took from a lot of people. And then how quickly other people decided that after seeing all of the other crap that was proliferated out, that that should be more or less a standard barrier. So let me get back to what I was saying. You go back to that higher-end and by higher end, I mean higher up in the channels, like a TLC. You might be able to see something a little bit more specific to the niche. But as John said on a number of occasions during interviews, you're not going to see just straight-up competition barbecue. It doesn't grab the attention of TV people. It's not a huge spectator sport, per se. You're not getting a lot of foot traffic around there. What are you doing? Well, everything's just cooking. See you in six, seven hours. But I still think it could be packaged in a way that makes it exciting and shows a better replication of what is happening on the weekends. Uh, so John Marcus came in. Malcolm Reed came in from Killer Hogs. He's a pit master and does a great food blog, How to Barbecue Right. And we talked about getting bite-through chicken skin on your poultry. And he went through an in-depth process on that, almost perhaps to his detriment, and that was absolutely a fabulous interview that took place in May. We had the Pork Butt Roundtable with Brad Maffitt from Hot for Teacher Barbecue. Larry Gain from the Barbecue Grail, the guy who was credited for making the Moink Ball. It is a meatball wrapped in bacon, moo and pork moink. Get it? And then we had, and it was Mark Stitt rounded out the panel from Velvet Smoke. And we talked Pork Butt Roundtable for the Backyard Cook. That was the second installment of Roundtables that year, or this year. We also talked with Scott Roberts. He reviewed from uh, some sauces and rubs. We talked with Neil Big Mr. Strawdon about his time on the CBS Barbecue Show. Uh, he had a, a great time doing it. Neil, one of John Marcus's darlings now. So we talked to Neil about his experience on that show and uh, how he thought it portrayed competition barbecue as it relates to television. I think if you ask any of these guys, they're probably going to give you a, a similar reaction to what John says. It can only be a competition like you see it every weekend to a certain extent. And then you gotta you got to ramp it up a little bit. you got to have some type of TV viewer's attention. So I uh, always appreciate Neil coming on. And that wraps up May 2011, almost halfway through. I didn't think I was actually going to get through this fist, this fast. If you want to jump in, 877-448-0433, greg at 
thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, email in from Diane Mee. Uh, you asked to give our highlights for the year, and I wanted to let you know first that I really appreciate your show and all the effort that you put into it. Diane, thank you. The highlight for my listening year of 2011 would be the discussion of the stall from Meathead on October 25th. It really helped me crystallize in my head what is going on in the cooker and how to power through what the meat is doing and get it done. One has to really appreciate the time that these two fellows, she's talking about Dr. Blonder and Meathead, of course. Uh, these two fellows have spent on researching and making the concepts that they have dis- uh, discovered understandable to the average person. Food science is always fascinating because of the primary importance that it has in our daily lives and more importantly in our hobby and or livelihood. Barbecue. I also wanted to wish you and your family a very joyous holiday season and may you be blessed in the upcoming year. Thank you very much, Diane for the email same back to you appreciate you listening to the show and taking the time to write in always appreciate when people bother to take even six seconds out of their daily life to write this miserable barbecue talk show and tell me what you think about it i always appreciate that so thanks diane very much for weighing in and uh, letting me know what your favorite part of 2011 was uh, if you want to do that greg at the bbq central show.com 877-448-0433 is the phone number as well so we get into june now jess stith from operation barbecue jeff who we just had on here uh, recently a couple weeks ago running for the KCBS Board of Directors, we instead talked about not his pit mastership of Big Creek Barbecue or his uh, failed attempt previously at KCBS BOD, but Operation Barbecue Relief. We talked at length about how uh, him and a couple of his friends were able to put together that Operation Barbecue Relief for those tornado victims out there in the uh, Joplin, Missouri area. And he was able to feed hundreds upon hundreds of people and get all of these barbecue people, all of these cookers and meats donated. One of the most fantastic selfless acts that took place in 2011, if you actually go and reflect on uh, all of the great things that happened, Jeff and uh, his troop of real barbecue angels out there helping the people that went through just absolute traumatic devastation. And you could hear, if you go back and listen to that interview that I did with Jeff in June, it was that first show in June, uh, almost kind of breaking up at certain periods of time, kind of witnessing all of the devastation that those tornadoes had caused down in that area. And, Kind of seeing those people, those helpless looks in their eyes, wondering how they're going to make it into the next day. What does next week have in store for me or next month? What about a job? What about money? Where's my house? My kids don't have any more clothes. They don't have any more homes. All of that stuff. Stan Hayes, too. Stan, thanks for doing that. I appreciate you. You're a big part of that with Jeff Stiff. So, uh, really, these guys were absolute phenomenal acts of selflessness courage to go down there and just helping out fellow man, which kind of, again, when we strip away all the BS that's going on and sanctioning bodies and drama that goes on in competitions and all of this other stuff, when we strip that all away, you get right back down to the core of why I love to do the show, about why I wanted to start doing the show in the first place, to talk to these people that love barbecue, that love the kinsmanship, the brotherhood, the family atmosphere, the something where we want to give back. 
we're lucky to have what we have. We want to go help somebody that's in need right now, whether it be foil for your fellow competitor, whether it be loaning them out a pork butt because one went bad or they forget, whatever the case may be, all the way to huge natural disaster just happened somewhere in the country. Let's pick up a phone. Let's see what we can get going down there to help get some people fed, get some families fed, and all this great stuff. So I did appreciate uh, Jeff for coming on and talking about that. Again, that was the first interview in June, if you want to go back and listen to one of the, the great interviews during the course of the year. Amy Mills was the first time around the show. She came in, talked about her time on Best in Smoke during that television show. I think if you go back and listen to it, I did ask her a few tough questions about how the show played out originally and how they edited it and then how it made it to air. I don't think she was necessarily happy with the finished product, but you're always at the mercy of editing when you do any type of reality-based TV show. So what are you going to do? But just to be on there, to have your name out there, you know, it's all, any exposure is good exposure. If somebody wanted me to be a judge on a television show, you think I'm going to sit there and Tell them no. Of course not. Get that big stuff out of here. I'll be right there, front and center, smiling pretty for the camera, showing my legs and cleavage just like any other hack would. You know I would. Um, we also talked. Oh, she also went into great detail. Again, this is another interview that you might want to consider diving back into the archives if you haven't done so already. Uh, no, that's uh, water, Fred. Not moonshine. It's uh, water. Uh-oh. Uh Everybody had way too much fun at my expense with the moonshine last week. Um, Amy is part of On Cue, which helps barbecue businesses set up and uh, run better, more effective business plans, how to maximize dollars, where to spend your money, where not to spend your money, how to mar- market properly. And they do these clinics for businesses that are you know, obviously in this business of barbecue. And she went through great detail about what they typically offer in these classes, how to go about booking a class, costs, things that she recommends, having done these Murfreesboro, Illinois restaurants with uh, Mike Mills, her dad, the legend, out there in Vegas. I believe there was another one. I don't know if it's in New York or not, but I think there's two or three different restaurants that they're running. I mean, how do you get successful barbecue? I asked her how she gets to do the the consistent barbecue each and every time, which she said was a struggle. I mean, it doesn't happen each and every time. That's kind of what makes barbecue barbecue, right? It can't be consistently good 10 hours a day. It's going to sit at some point, and that's when quality is going to go down. But what can you do to prevent poor quality barbecue? And uh, so she covered a lot of great things, that being Amy Mills, when it comes to the, the whole business of barbecue. All right, gang. Let me tell you something here really quick. Everybody laughs at me when I say I'm about ready to do my read for Stephen DeFranco because he's a jeweler. Steve's not a barbecue guy. Let me tell you something. It's horse bleep. Steve is the consummate backyard barbecue guy. He is absolutely the backyard barbecue guy, and that's why he is happy to advertise right here on the show. Look. How many times have you decided that you want to get something nice for your wife, you want to get something nice for your husband, perhaps you uh, have a same-sex lover? We don't discriminate here on the show. We love love here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. And you've decided that, yeah, you know what, it's time for me to, to really show the significant other in my life that I want to get him a watch, 
I want to get her some diamels. I want to get her some stud earrings. I want to get her some Venetian glass jewelry, the Camille-style, Pandora-style bracelets. But I don't want to bone out full retail price. Yeah, well, no shit. Neither do I. That's why we don't have to anymore, because we know somebody in the industry. You ever have that guy, that friend of yours? You're like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. You know what? I know somebody. Let me hook you up. We know somebody in the jewelry business, ladies and gentlemen, and he's right here. I can do business with him. You go to stephendefranco.com. You can also go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage and click on his banner. And then you just peruse the inventory. When you feel comfortable with something that you see with your eyes that you like, you call in, you ask for Steve. Tell him I sent you. Tell him you listen to the show, you hear his advertisements, and you want to see what kind of a deal he can work for you. If you don't like saving money, don't call. It's just as simple as that. Pay full retail price somewhere else, get shafted with crappy material, and poor craftsmanship. Steve can build stuff if you want it customized. He can fix stuff. All these things come with great warranty plans. The watches, free batteries. They ship it out for free. You got to do yourself a favor. If you didn't buy something for you for Christmas, because I said buy something for you from you, do it now and still save money. Visit the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage, click on the Stephen DeFranco banner, and then just look over what he has, and then call in and talk to Steve. Ask for Steve, tell him to call you back. He will, very down to earth, and hugely knowledgeable when it comes to this business, and he's going to save you a ton of money. Steve DeFranco is the place to go. StephenDeFranco.com is the website, or visit the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage and click on the Stephen DeFranco banner there. And start saving is just as easy as that with high-end jewelry at great price. We'll be back with more 2011 wrap-up right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living. The women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, I've been drifting down that open highway. Finger in the air because I do things my way. The next town's where I call home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we are back. 2011, year in review. We are in June. John, I don't have the watch on me right now. It's in the safe. I don't trust you guys as far as I can throw you. You're bound to reach for this computer and grab it. All right, here we go. This is going to be one of my favorites. This is probably going to be a bit that takes us up to the top of the hour, and uh, we continue into the second hour with uh, most of the rest of the year. Plus, we do have uh, revisiting of the favorite bits and rants of the year, some songs as well. Did you know in June, one of the worst atrocities ever to hit the face of barbecue was released? Know what it was? Q Cologne. Oh, my Lord. How does one potentially bottle rancid urine? I don't know. The boys at Pork Barrel Barbecue sure do. And we have this little bit. Uh, this was for me now. 
Wait, let me let me make sure I'm not going crazy here. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn yet. All right, we'll leave that for the uh, favored rants of the year. But Q Cologne was introduced in June, and really one of the most pungent, over the top, worst smelling colognes ever on the face of the earth. Man ass in a bottle would be roughly 110 percent better than Q Cologne was setting. Barbecue back at least 10 years if I have uh, maintained since June when it was released. I believe that was marketed for the uh, for Father's Day as well. Uh, Meathead came in in June, talked about steaks. We talked about a redneck sous vide as the uh, venerable food blogger John Dawson would uh, have you say it. We talked about traditional sous vide method, which is very pricey. Uh, that sous vide machine, I believe, is like seven or eight hundred dollars or something he said uh, also a lot of people don't have clarified butter in tubs just laying around like they do with some of these other restaurants that are cooking steaks in we talked about favorite cuts we talked about how the red stuff that comes out of medium rare steaks or rare steaks is not blood at all it is not blood it is myoglobin and don't let anybody tell you different I'm sure Dave Bosca can attest that uh, these uh, pieces of beef are bled out. There's no blood in there. So when you're cutting your steak open, if it was blood, it would be dark and black and coagulated. It would be gross. So let me sit there and tell you that you're cutting open steak and that's all blood. It's not blood. It's uh, it's myoglobin. Uh, So we talked at length. Meathead is always worth the listen no matter what. So if we were talking about how to play tiddlywinks, and Tinker Toys, that would be some of the best 40 minutes of radio that you could possibly listen to because we have uh, varying ideas on any topic. But Meathead talked steak in June. We also talked with Derek Riches about some new items that were coming in to the competition barbecue, or not the comp, but uh, we're just coming into the consumer market for uh, barbecue and grilling. We also revisited with Ted Reeder in June. We talked with Malcolm Reed again about how to reheat barbecue the right way. That, of course, is a segment that I would suggest going back and listen to in case you missed it. A lot of us, once we become very seasoned and comfortable in barbecue, now we want to take places now, right? We want, or, or even worse, you have people come over and say, oh, we love your barbecue and we're going down to this place or we're going five hours away here. And can you bring it with you? Sure I can. I am the barbecue master. Let me make that happen for you, whatever the case may be. So how do we reheat it the right way, make it taste almost as good as it? I, mean, I don't think it ever is going to be tasting as good as it comes off the very first time. But how can we get it as close to that? And Malcolm Reed talked at length about that. And then we had the beginning and the end of one segment all in one felt swoop. Perhaps you remember the ultimate Best segment ever on the face of the earth, Tech Talk with Carlos. Get that big stuff out of here. Uh-oh. Um, look, every segment can't be a winner, right? Just like every joke can't kill in an audience when you're a stand-up comic, just like every recipe isn't going to be a winner when you're a food blogger like some people that I have on here. It's just one of those things. Seemed like a great idea on the top of my head. Uh, I work kind of in the tech field and thought, you know, hey, once a month, if I know a guy who seems to be really up and is kind of like the, the gizmo geek, 
text is kind of uh, you know kind of ever changing. And if you're not going to be somebody like me who subscribes to daily technical podcasts to make sure that I am on the cutting edge, keeping in contact with all sorts of different manufacturers and trends to make sure that I sound professional when I'm talking to people. You just do it once a month. Keep people here, there, maybe once a quarter. One of the worst segments ever on the face of the earth. Sorry, Carlos. Love you. Big step out of here. But uh, born and dead all in 15 minutes. Sometimes the best and the worst segments. <laughs> Sometimes the best segments are the worst. <laughs> tech, talk, uh, tech Talk with Carlos. We talked with Park Barrel Barbecue about winning the Safeway Barbecue Battle. Ray Lampy talked about grill stocking going over to England. And Rod Gray, Pellet Envy's Pitmaster, talked about their lackluster performance this year and gave no excuses. Said that they just weren't cooking well. The mind was out of it. They were getting a little lazy when it came to prep and kind of expecting to do work, uh, well instead of actually doing it. All right, we're going to come back with the second hour and more 2011 year in review. Stand by. Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Lavernia, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. And just like that, we are back for the second hour. In case you missed it, you're just joining in. 2011 Year in Review Show, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Feel like jumping in? Love to have you. Chat room, what's happening? Lots of big names going on right there. Wow, look at all that. July 2011, now month seven, so we have five months left to where we're at present day. Toby Shea from British Barbecue Society made his first appearance on the show. We learned a little bit about what he's doing there overseas, how he is kind of a uh, barbecue lover and... Talked about how they're using rules that are similar to KCBS and how hard it is to get competitions going on over there. It was fairly innocuous stuff, although I did realize that, uh, and and I forgot because when I had him on a few months later, I quickly realized he's got a fan on his computer, and that's kind of annoying. 
And he knows oh, about yeah. it. He knows about it. Get off of him already. That's kind of annoying. A little. I'm sure when you have the computer, it just sounds worse when you're piping sound out. So we talked uh, with Toby making his first appearance about British Barbecue Society. Dave Bosca made his first appearance on the show. He is a show sponsor, so we give him a special shout. And uh, we talked to him about injections and how he got into that whole business and competition barbecue and how well he's doing this year, all that great stuff. Also, the first show in July, I believe... I was inter- in the second hour, so that was a great first hour with Toby Shea. We had Dave Bosco. I was interview, or maybe that was the Dave. Was that when we were talking about the um, extreme home makeover thing as well? So many months that were going on here. Maybe not. Uh, we'll have to review that here in a second. I don't remember if that was in July when you actually shot that or not. But in the second hour. I was interviewed by another show while I was doing my show, and I was able to run uh, both sides of the audio back and forth. So there's a show that follows me at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on L.A. Talk Radio. L.A. Talk Radio only um, uh, only airs the first hour of my show, although you get two hours on Barbie Central Radio Network, OutdoorCookingChannel.com, but the show after or that uh, precedes or that follows me after uh, L.A. Talk Radio, interviewed me. We talked about grilling, and it was great because there are you know, four uh, gaggly broads, and, of course, I am uh, the ultimate ladies' man. Yes, um, this is the ladies' man. Uh, of course, I do love a cavassier. And, uh, ladies' man, can you recommend something for me that I would not normally do? Um, yes. Uh, may I suggest um, the butt? Thank you. So we had the uh, – it was me being interviewed during my show by another show. I thought that was uh, very fun. Love to do that again. Uh, then we talked in July with Kevin Bevington. We got an outdoor cooking channel update, and we talked a little bit about his reemergence and reentrance into the competition scene at the Sam's Club Cook in Orlando, Florida, a few weeks uh, going out from that. We talked with Scott Roberts again in July, and he was reviewing some sauces and rubs. We talked with Mike Davis from Laudable Barbecue and his big win down in Greenwood, South Carolina. We also talked with Robin Lindars again in July, who's kind of a monthly guest as well, pretty much, talking about her cooking channel appearance on Foodography. Did anybody, did anybody see that? Anybody have any thoughts or reviews on that? We also talked with Hot Grill on Grill Action. <laughs> Hardcore. We talked about the release of their competition barbecue book that was, uh, or, or their impending barbecue book for release, bbqrevolution.com. If you wanted to get your hands, your grimy little mitts on that piece of wonderment and delight and information, it's an ebook, so you just pay, I think it's 14 bucks or 15 bucks. Well worth it. A lot cheaper than most books and really uh, giving you a tremendous amount of information, especially looking to get into competition barbecue. And you're not killing any trees while you're doing it. You just download it right to your computer, your e-reader, your smartphone, wherever the case may be, and you have full access to it at all times, one time by slam, bang, boom, bbqrevolution.com for that book. Uh, we also talked with Kit Rudd from DeGuayo Barbecue. He talked about getting into competition barbecue. And more important than all of that, he talked about the importance of show karma. He came on the show. He was reserve grand champion, that competition, right before he came on the show. He competed the following weekend. 
What's that? Yeah, he won because karma. Karma's a bitch. So Kid Rudd, a true testament that the karma uh, never does not work. Also, you can ask Sylvia that, too, because she won her first grand champion a couple weeks ago. That rounded out July 2011th. By the way, my birthday was in July, but I didn't get anything from you guys, bastards. August 2011. Remember August 2011? Maybe you remember a guy by the name of Mike D., the inventor of the Charbecue. You have a boat anchor out in the backyard that used to be a gas grill. You bust the guts out of it. You don't even have to bust the guts out of it. There was this, it was like a stainless steel box and it had uh, holes for air to, to get in there with the charcoal. You fill your charcoal, you can kind of size it out to your the size of your gas grill. You're converting that liquid propane or that natural gas grill into a charcoal cooker. Got a unit myself. Performed very well. It was, it was absolutely a fabulous idea. Again, especially for people like us that maybe we've collected a few gas grills that we would rather not leave out on the tree lawn because we don't want anybody to think a little less of us because it's not as sexy as it used to be. But we can't bring ourselves to actually rehab it because the parts might cost more than buying a new grill because it was a piece of crap. Well, here you can retrofit it with charbecue and use it again and again as a charcoal grill or just as another cooking vessel. Good. who doesn't need more cooking vessels? We love more cooking vessels. We also talked with Meathead in August about regional styles of barbecue sauce. We had Bubba Latimer on for the first time. He talked about competition barbecue. He talked about running a barbecue restaurant. And, uh, you know, I, I, I meant to mention this. Was it last week that I want to mention it? I don't know if you guys are on this uh, thing called Facebook, but... If you're, if you're not on it, it's this like social media site, and you can really connect with a lot of people in similar interests in this barbecue world. I think it's Facebook.com, it might be. <clears throat> and you, you sign up for an account, and you find these people that have similar interests as you. You can start sharing stuff together. I think this uh, Facebook really has the potential to be pretty big uh, once it starts to catch on. But get ahead of the – you're kind of ahead of the curve here. I'm giving you a little peek. Uh, ahead, so do what I say, not as I do. Join this Facebook and really reap the rewards of this uh, social, what do they call it? Social networking or something. I'm going to coin that phrase. I think it's going to be very popular these days. He, Bubba was in an accident, like a real serious accident a week ago or two weeks ago. I followed him on his page. He was looking at these real high line cars. Uh, he was looking at Porsches. He was looking at Super Coupe, uh, Mercedes Benz, and all. And I think he ended up getting the Mercedes, and then he had the car for like five hours, took his son out, and somebody ran him off the road, or it was a, a terrible accident. He totaled the car. I mean, I think he was probably uh, a wrong way of hitting something or another. Something didn't kind of guide him out of the way. It could have been the late Bubba Latimer and son. It, would, it could have been a terrifically uh, tragic event that took place. Luckily, it was just the car. I mean, the car can be replaced. Uh, both Bubba and his son are doing all right. So I did want to make a special mention of that. So glad, Bubba, that you're doing all right and your son as well. Uh, we talked with, again, Malcolm Reed in August. Again, not a bad uh, suggestion of me to tell you to go back and listen to the August Malcolm Reed visit where we talked about perfect barbecue texture. What is it like to have a perfect piece of chicken in your mouth? What does it feel and taste like to have a perfect rib or a piece of pork or a piece of brisket in your mouth? So go back and listen to that. Diva Q was on in August. Diva! 
talked about getting DQ'd for missing the clock. What? Get that big stuff out of here. And I go back to saying that 2011, if we go back... Whoa! Missed my time now. I'm going to come back and uh, talk about DBQ here in just one second. Let me make a mark right there. But first, I'm going to talk about that Dave Bosca character from Butcher. Holidays are over. Stocking stuffer thing is over. You've missed out. I warned you and warned you and warned you for weeks on end. There's no bumper music, Patrick. Stop it. It's already the second hour. New year, new commitments. Start injecting. Start marinating. Start using sauce that you can drink like whiskey out of a bottle. Start using rubs that are absolutely fantastic to enhance your competition barbecue. Or, like me, enhance your backyard barbecue. Don't you want your wife and kids to love you just a little bit more than they already do? Here's a little secret. Get butcher barbecue stuff, and they'll love you a lot more than they already do when it comes to preparing the barbecue. The ribs, the brisket, the chicken, all that great stuff. Dave, well-known in the competition industry for that beef injection, for the pork injection. He's got a new product out there right now that I'm about ready to try over the weekend, so I'm going to have a couple days off. The grill. It's a marinade. It's an injection. It gives you that flavor of the grill, and you don't even have to stick it on the grill. Hey, newsflash, it snowed three inches here in Cleveland today. Son of a bitch. I knew this winter was going to be coming. I knew it was too good to be true. If I don't want to plow out my grills and smokers, but I want to have that grill taste, I can take my pork loin or my chicken, my burgers or my steaks or whatever the case may be. I can get that grill liquid. I can inject it right in there. Or I can go nutball Jones. I can marinate first. Then I can make up an injection. I can inject it after I've marinated for a double dose of grill pleasure. And all I have to do to get all this great stuff is go to ButcherBBQ.com, go under the shop, peruse his fine inventory of great products. I think I've had everything on here. I think I've had everything on his uh, proverbial uh, palate. Or uh, <laughs> I've had everything on my palate, but I think I've had everything in the store. It's all top-of-the-line stuff. You're not going to be disappointed. And no, you don't have to be a competitor to use this stuff. It's great tasting. If you just want to add flavor and enhance your cooking overall, you want to go to ButcherBBQ.com. And again, it's all flat rate shipping. Orders that are at $50 or less, you pay 7 bucks. Anything more than that, it's 9 It's just one more way to trust your butcher. We're going to have Dave on more shows, I can guarantee you, because you're going to hear a rant that's going to absolutely flip your gourd here in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes. ButcherBBQ.com. We're back with 2011 Year in Review right now. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, rolling through 2011, I pick up where I left off. DVQ was uh, disqualified for missing the clock. We go back, we look through some of the top names in the competition industry were falling victim to DQ because they were missing the clock. They were 
uh, dicking around with trying to make sure that the beef or the chicken or the pork or the ribs were just so. You know what they say, you dick around too much and you get caught. And by caught, I mean the clock gets you. Then you have to go do the walk of shame and you have to bring your butt. I mean, what's worse than that? Hooking up with a fat skank in high school Uh or missing a clock at a turn-in at a competition barbecue and then having the ridicule. They probably don't even ridicule you at a competition. They just kind of look at you and snicker and go back into their big 40-foot motorhomes and throw back shots of moonshine and whiskey talking about so-and-so missed the clock. <laughs> Too bad for Diva, but she she brought it strong when she was on. Didn't hold the back any punches, completely owned it. And, you know, some of the notables, Diva, Tuffy, Bubba got DQ'd in like two or three competitions this past year as well. Uh, we talked with Kevin Bevington again in August. He took third overall in that Sam's Club event, so he returned... <laughs> After a two-year layoff of competition barbecue where he pretty much owned, well, not even pretty much, he owned the Florida Barbecue Association, won team of the year five times in a row down there. He was top ten, I believe, at least twice during that five-year run in KCBS as well. I still think he probably had an outside shot if uh, if health would have been uh, of overall peak performance that he could have been an outside contender at winning both sanctions. I mean, how crazy would that have been? He's not even in a very uh, advantageous location in the country to win KCBS Team of the Year and Florida Barbecue Association, but probably uh, one of the teams that has had the best shot at a look at winning both that any other team has ever had. We were also saying Spatchcock Drinking Games, that show, I believe. You say Spatchcock, your host took a shot. Moonshine Bandits made it on for the first time. The people that do the bumper music for this show in the first hour, that rap and country kind of hip-hop, I believe they call it. Big Tex came on, talked about his rub, also talked about the music industry that closed out August 2011. We also had in September a chicken roundtable with Jeremy Sleeshman, Shane Draper, and Chad Ward from Whiskey Bend Barbecue. We talked at length about how to prep it, how to cook it, what kind of smoke wood to use, how do you serve it, what favorite side dishes. Everybody kissed my ass at the end of the show, which I appreciate and adore. And that was, again, Jeremy Sleeshman, Shane Draper, and Chad Ward, uh, first show in September. We also talked with Tippy Canoe. That's Joe Beeland. We also talked with Long Dogs Barbecue about going down to the Jack Daniels. I did a number of shows um, kind of leading up to the Jack about expectations and the game plans and all that great stuff. Ted Reeder joined us in September talking about making burgers and kind of what beers to pair burgers with. Uh, Ted hates to drink, never likes it, but uh, kind of suffers through this whole uh, interview process that we do about once a month and uh, is, is able to somehow muster up some liquor recommendations for what he is giving you recipes for. We also talked with Mike Peters from Here Piggy Piggy, who is also the guy that does the KCBS barbecue tour, and the Motley Q crew about their potential of going down to the Jack Daniels and winning as well. A lot of people, when I was asking them for percentage of winning the Jack Daniels, they didn't want to step up, give me anything more than 10 or 15% chance. Uh, but Mike, or I'm sorry, but uh, the Motley Q guys, they said, Stone Cold, 100%. We're going to win this bitch. But I believe their motto is go big or go home anyway. So uh, we continue on. Chris Hart from IQ joined me. He was going down 10-plus times to the Jack, only a very 
Few select teams have gone down more than 10 times or 10 times or more. He talked about at length about why he loves the contest, what he loved about winning it a couple years ago, and uh, just the overall aura and mystique and majesty of going down to Lynchburg each and every year. We also talked with Derek Riches again about some of the new products that were hitting the barbecue and grilling market. Meat had returned uh, to talk about thermometers. We talked about transistor thermometers, thermocouple thermometers, thermoresistor thermometers. We talked about thermopen thermometers, uh, true temp thermometers, and dial thermometers. All We covered it all and why they're important. If you don't have a thermometer in your barbecue guy, you're probably 80 and you just know or you don't care about the safety of others or yourself, I guess. But we broke it all down when it comes to thermometers with Meathead. Rod Gray came on, talked about the Murphy's Burrow, Illinois contest. Praise the Lord. That is a... Uh, dual-sanctioned contest, both uh, Memphis Barbecue Network and KCBS. He just did KCBS because they were also looking at Kingsford Poise Chase. Scott Nelson talked about the American Royal and his outlook. We talked with Craig Sherry again going down to the American Royal. He won his way in by taking the overall grand champ at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. And then we also talked with Mr. American Royal Mike Davis and his history of winning there. Did he have anything to attribute to success there? Nobody, probably aside from, um, oh, what's his name? Mark. Oh, the guy from uh, Three Little Pigs. Chris, Chris, Chris Marks from, you know, had huge success down there as well. So he's probably like one of the only competition cooking teams out there that has anywhere near the success that Mike Davis has been able to muster here over the last uh, seven, eight years. Mr. American Royal. In October, we talked with Joe Beeland. He won the American Royal Invitational. We talked with Robin Lindar. She reviewed some rubs. She also went over her top five barbecue team names. We talked with Myron Mixon at length about the new cookbook, about the TV shows he was doing with John Marcus. We also talked about how his son Mike Mixon is getting into competition barbecue, Jack's New South, and if he thought his son had a, a shot because of who his dad is. If he was going to be at a disadvantage or not at a disadvantage, I mean, that's going to be tough to kind of fill any type of those shoes. We also talked with Heath Hall about pork barrel barbecue going to uh, or, or talking about how hard it is going down to the American Royal cooking the invite, which they did, and then turning around next day and going up against 550 other teams at the American Royal Open. What kind of a task is that? What kind of preparation is involved? And Heath shared all of that with us during that uh, visit in October. We also talked with Stephanie Wilson in October about the competition event in St. Louis where the push, uh, the push, the purse came up about uh, 10 grand short. Everybody got 10 grand in their pocket they want to sweeten this purse up with? Yeah, I'm about 10 grand short on that. How did that ever uh, turn out? Everybody get their money that they were promised? Dave, what do you know about that? Report. The organizer. Ended up being, oh, roughly 10 grand short. And Stephanie took a video camera out, started inventorying all that stuff. So uh, that's good, Stan Hayes. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, so uh, the St. Louis paid out. But the big controversy, and of course, it was uh, even a little bit more dramatic because the cooks meeting and the organizer was all kind of caught on tape there. And there's very, uh, let's say, uncomfortable situation when Bill Arnold from uh, Blues Hog was all up in my man's face about why they're short on that money and how is it going to get paid out. Understandably so. 
Stephen DeFranco sat in on that show as well, friend of the show, a sponsor of the show. We talked about uh, the retail jewelry business, how he got into barbecue, why he chose the cooker he did, some of his favorite things to cook. Uh, also in October, Joe Beelan made a reappearance talking about his winning the Sam's Club overall. The inaugural Sam's Club event, overall champion. Having, having a run of it now was Joe Beelan. Bill Gillespie from Smoking Hogs came on, talk about winning the Jack Daniels. Ken Hess came on as well, talking about winning reserve grand champion at the Jack Daniels. And I believe, again, it was like a half a point or something like that. It was crazy, but Smoking Hogs won it. Uh, another Massachusetts team up there, so respect to the uh, New England area for winning the Jack out there uh, last couple of years. Both great guests, both very down-to-earth and talking about what it was like. A meathead rejoined in October to talk about uh, some iPhone 4S, which nobody cares about. He defended my take on the pet owner's rant, which we'll revisit here in a little bit. And then he went in-depth on uh, some meat glue, but more on the stall, what it's about, what causes it. And basically, if I can break it down into like three or four-second breakdown, the meat sweats. It cools. That's the stall. And once the meat has stopped sweating, basically the meat has gotten heat stroke. Then it continues to rise back up in temperature, and you're breaking through the uh, the stall that we know. It is not necessarily the connective tissue melting and going through and cooling the meat down or anything like that. The 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 beef is or the meat is exuding. Uh, it's sweating. Once all the sweat is out, it continues to go back through and power through that stall. Now you can wrap it in foil and press it right through the stall, and you're not going to notice any difference. Uh, It's not going to stall out. You can kind of power through that way. But go back and listen to that segment in October. That was one of the the, uh, great segments of 2011 with Meathead. Then we uh, come to November 2011. Bob Trudnack from Barbecue Guru unveils Party Q revolutionizing the automatic pit temperature control device. It's a $129 unit. It's all self-contained. It runs on AA batteries. You have 30 to 40 hours of use time during your burns. It's got a digital interface. You can set five-degree temperature increments, and it goes on the bullet-style smokers. It goes on the Weber kettle grills, and it also goes on the uh, Kamado and the Big Green Egg-style ceramic or, uh, you know, like Bubba Keg, uh, the, the steel cookers. Ten dollars more for those because you have that have that extra bracket on your. What do you call that thing? Vent on the bottom. Is there a technical term for that? The vent. So Bob uh, introduced the party cue. Uh, Dave Bosca came on in November and brought up one of the best rants that we're going to get to and replay here in a second. Something about certified Angus beef. Never heard of it. Fred Bernardo joined the show in November talking about how he was now, he had had the bug caught him. He was getting into competition barbecue now. He had done a couple events during the course of 2011. He loved it. He also talked about best-selling items for the holidays coming up. John Dawson also came on in November, suffered through some audio issues on my end, which I have now uh, thankfully resurrected due to his guidance, by the way. So thank you for that, John. You suffered through a bad audio segment, but that was my fault. Good recipes given regardless, so you always want to go back and check the segments John are on. But you also want to visit his blog, patiodaddyobbq.com, for a lot of great recipes. He is he either just posted or I got an inside scoop on the Funky Cristo, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, Al Contarino joined the show, talked about the pizza kettle, 
the dome that goes on top of your existing Weber kettle grill to make it a pizza oven. Scott Roberts came back on and reviewed some more rubs and sauces. Uh, Ray Lampy came on in November, started to expose the British Barbecue Society having issues with KCBS, but didn't really kind of know about it. He was unknowingly uncovering a much bigger issue. Talked about a new book coming out for next year as well. Uh, Shane Draper came on, talked about barbecue sauce business in detail. If you are looking to get in the barbecue sauce business, if you think your sauce is good enough to get a label on and get into market, you need to find the November segment with Shane Draper talking about the barbecue biz in detail. It will change your life. There's so much information in there that you will be able to glean and decide at that point if it's something that you want to take the risk into doing. And then you can email Shane and thank him. Yes, I needed that encouragement, and I'm doing it. Thank you for your uh, sharing of knowledge. Or, gee, Shane, just listen to everything. I just crapped my drawers 10 times. No way I'm going to do it. I want to thank you in advance for saving me a lot of money. Thank you so much. It's going to be one or the two, right? So thanks to Shane for coming on and talking about that. Uh, Toby Shea came on after Dr. Barbecue that following show. And talked about the British Barbecue Society, uh, the Jack Daniels, how they're using KCBS-style rules. There was this whole cease and desist thing. I don't know if that actually came to fruition or not. I don't even know if you can execute a cease and desist outside of the country to another country. I don't know what the resolution on that is. Was there a cease and desist, guys? I don't know. Perhaps there is some communication error on both sides. Perhaps uh, the American side isn't uh, willing to listen to Toby and uh, really understand fully how the rules are being used. Or perhaps there is some type of licensing of rules where you can be truly KCBS sanctioned, but it's more of a you know a license. You, you pay uh, 10 or 15 or 20. To, this is just hypothetical numbers. You pay $25 to use the rules at competitions that he is going to be setting up. But uh, basically... From what I understand and from what I've talked to Toby about, regardless of this whole rule item, he just wants to have the European teams that are going over to the Jack Daniels. Uh, I don't know for sure if he's looking for more spots, but he wants the teams that are going over there to be held to a same or similar standard that the teams in the United States are being held to. You have to win a uh, state-proclamated contest in order to have a bong put in. Or you have to win seven contests within a certain period of time. Or you have to win one of those automatic qualifiers that are out there in the country somewhere. And if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to have the right to be chosen. Why wouldn't you want the European teams to have some type of similar threshold that they have to meet in order to get over there? If I was an American team, I would want to have the European teams be held to a a similar standard. It's only fair. I think that's the kind of progress he's looking to make there, not necessarily get a lot more spaces, or I want to use KCBS rules, I don't want to use KCBS rules, or maybe it's my vapid way of myopic way of looking at it, but he just wants his European teams to be held to a similar standard that the United States teams are held to. Jeez. Sorry for wanting to kind of keep things fair. And sorry he doesn't want the European teams to continue to suck ass and get their asses kicked. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we also had Meathead on in November talking about turkey. We talked about brining and frying and injecting and prepping and spatch cocking. <laughs> Craziness. 
I got to agree with uh, somebody said it. Uh, pound for pound, best regular recurring guest uh, guest for the show is Meathead. Uh, Derek Riches came on and reviewed some items that were going to be coming up for the holiday. Chris Grove from NibbleMeThis.com made his first appearance on the show. Knocked it out of the park. Chad Ward from Whiskey Men Barbecue came on to talk about their performance at a recent competition. Also talked about his new show, Whiskey Men Barbecue in the Pit, on Blog Talk Radio. We want to talk about the fact that Blog Talk Radio has one of the worst sounding signals ever on the face of the earth. We're not going to talk about that. We will talk about how Chad Ward should be coming to outdoor cooking channels, hopefully sooner than later, to take advantage of high quality sound. And that closed out November. And then December, of course, we're in right now. Uh, KCBS Board of Directors talk uh, made a quite a bit. <clears throat> quite a bit. We had Dave Compton. We had, well, we had the Force Horsemen on, right? We had Jeff Stith. We had Dave Compton. We had uh, George Mullins. And we had, ooh, what's his name? George, George, Dave, Jeff, and... George, Dave, Jeff, and Steve Fair. Oh, my God, the idiot. George, George, Steve, Jeff, and Dave, the four horsemen, changekcbs.com. Gary Wiviot made his first appearance on the show. We talked about lowslowbbq.com. He is a Weber Smoky Mountain expert. He's a barbecue life coach. What? I said barbecue life coach. What? He'll be on again, I'm sure. Robin Lindars came on, talked about great Christmas dips that you can make for the upcoming holiday season, which is now past. Ted Reeder came on, talked about hors d'oeuvres that you can make that are easy but impress. Gave out some drink recipes, of course, for the holidays. Meathead talked about prime rib in December, and it was an absolutely fascinating conversation that we just had, a, I believe it was a week ago. And then, of course, we unveiled the 12 days of barbecue Christmas right here on the show. I sang lead while the Centralite ladies in the house in the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios sang a effervescent quality backup for 12 days of barbecue Christmas, which we will get into here over the next couple segments as we get into the rants and the burns and the production values of the show. 877-448-0433 is the phone number in case you want to get in touch with the show. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com is the email address. Believe it or not, that wraps up this show in a 12-month span. You know, a lot more happened. I'm just kind of giving you the highlights of uh, everything that happened over these last 12 months. But an absolutely sensational year for the show. We continue to grow in listenership each and every week, both in live listeners, live uh, both on audio and video side. And then we continue to grow on the download side on the podcasting. is uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, still uh, creeping up on 60,000 downloads a month. So beyond my expectation, the show continues to do better and better. All right, gang, let me tell you about a sponsor of the show, somebody you know who sold or did a bunch of talk on barbecue sauce. It's uh, Draper's. The third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Shane Draper wanted to create a line of products that represented both cities as well as the flavor profiles from his home. Draper's Smoking Sauce is a savory with a touch of sweetness, tang with some heat, 
Its balanced yet complex blend of spices is just at home on the competition trail as grilling in your backyard. Smoking Sauce has brought home several trophies this year on ribs and chicken and is on the forefront battle against the sweet flavor profiles that are existing out there in other barbecue sauces. Draper's Barbecue has a fantastically versatile rub, simply known as AP Rub. It's the AP all-purpose, right? Because you didn't know about that. It's a great flavor enhancer on any protein, but it can be used on popcorn and french fries, salads, dredges for frying fish, Chex Mix, baked potatoes. Your imagination is its only limitation. AP's rub balance of savory, salty, sweet, and heat make it great on virtually everything. Now, smoking sauce and AP rub are great products on their own, right? We all know that. But they really shine when they're used together. The dove tail of these two flavor profiles makes a completely different and even more complex profile that keep the judges thinking about your entry long after they've put it down. They might even come back for second and third bites. What do you think about that? It's designed to have that roller coaster effect on the palate that swings the tasters through all parts of their taste buds. That was me on a roller coaster right there. You can find Draper's products at three different locations, drapersbbq.com. That's drapersbbq.com slash store. You can also go to my friends, Jason and Aaron, bbqaddicts.com. You ever heard of the bacon explosion? Of course you have. Or you can go to bbqproshop.com. They're all trusted. Drapers, barbecue sauces, and online retailers. Also, look for Draper's Barbecue on this Facebook and Twitter. I told you about this Facebook. It's going to be very popular. Get on the cutting edge. Shane, always available for any questions to answer. Helps with flavor profiles for competitors as well. If you have a local store that you want Draper's Barbecue products in, send Shane an email at info at drapers.com. They're always interested in adding new stores and new markets. And your tip could learn you or lead you to earning some free swag from Shane himself. Draper's Barbecue, when they say three generations of pride and flavor in a bottle, they mean it. It's drapersbbq.com. We're coming back with more 2011 year in review. Stand by. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are coming up on 20 till the top of the hour's 2000. And 11, year in review, 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the ways to get in touch with the show in case you want to jump in. Share your phone. <clears throat> Try that again. Share your highlights of 2011. All right. So we finished up uh, the show as it related to a 12-month. Now, let's get into best rants. This is my favorite part of the show because it includes me. Best rants of 2011 in no particular order, and we'll try and save the best ones, uh, I guess, till towards the close of the show. Uh, I had a, a little rant months ago about how I had noticed that as you continue to go into the post office nowadays, it's a continual upsell. You can't go into the post office anymore and say, I would like to mail this, and the clerk takes it from you. She puts whatever type of postage that you want on it, and then boom magically through whatever the hell delivers the mail, that would be uh, the postman. It just gets where it's going. It's not that anymore. Now it's a 
a vision of dread. Yes, yes, dear. Honey, can you go to the post office? Uh, n- no, I- I'd rather get stabbed in the throat and eyeballs instead of go to the post office. Why is that, dear? Because the clerk's going to ask me if I want to send it overnight or if I want to send it delivery or if I want insurance confirmation or if I want delivery tracking. It's all constant upselling. I understand it's a business. I don't want to see that at the post office. If I want extra value-added services, I will tell you to put them on. You don't have to sell me on it. If I want it to get there fast, here are some key things that I'll be saying. I'd like to mail this, and I want to get there really fast. How fast can you get it there? Then give me the options. If I'm giving you one piece of mail that says West Lake, Ohio, it doesn't need to be there overnight. I don't need delivery confirmation. I don't care. If it's important, I'm going to ask you, how can I protect this piece of mail? And then at the very end of the transaction, don't ask me if I want a passport and don't ask me if I want to rent a mailbox. Guess what? I'll tell you if I want that. Post office. Give me a break. We also talked about the reemergence of McPoop. That ever so succulent piece of crap sandwich that people revere. They love it. They can't wait for it to show up every once in a while, or every once in a while. Every uh, They can't wait for it to show up every year. Much to my disbelief, it's one of the worst tasting sandwiches ever. I've done extenuating research on this particular product, and uh, it is made out of incredibly poor products. It's got meat glue in it. It has things that make yoga pads springy and your shoes white. And you're putting that in your gullet happily. You're eating five and six at a time because you're a kook. Again, if I took a steaming dump on a French uh, French roll or French bread and covered it with cheese and pickle droppings, it would be better tasting than eating McPoop. It is not ribs. It's scalded stomach and heart and chips and lug butter. I believe I said Poop shoots. McRib is the worst ever. Stay out of McRib. Also, I talked about, uh, I believe it wasn't just me, but I had a little back and forth with a host of In the Hut, Huck Jr., about handguns. That's right. I am a, a person who believes in owning handguns. I am a firm believer in the Second Amendment. I believe that if I would uh, feel the need to carry arms on my person, I have a right to do that. Concealed carry laws change state to state. So you can't carry all around. So we went back and forth. We now have new law. Mutts, mutts, much to Huck's chagrin, don't come up here in Ohio. I've been here. Now I've been here. I can carry a gun in a bar now. Just mess with me after a few shots, lady. It's going to be home. And we went back and forth about how guns in bars is a bad idea. I don't I don't understand. We were going to agree to disagree. Huck was under the impression that maybe I'm going to drink or maybe I'm not. Gun owners are uh, who are now. Yeah, you're damn right, John. I hung up on him. Beat it. Gun owners who take classes, who have 
concealed carry permits are some of the most law-abiding citizens out there. So don't make the argument to me that if I decide to go into a bar and not have any consumption of alcohol, that somehow I'm putting everybody in danger by having a gun on me. Why? There's probably 10 other people with guns that don't have that license that are doing it completely illegally, and they're more dangerous than me. But the laws are changing, folks. There's a law out there right now in the Senate waiting to be passed that's going to allow all the other 48 states that allow concealed carry, which are not Chicago or, or I'm sorry, which are not Illinois or, or some other communist state out there that I would never go to, to recognize reciprocity amongst all the other states that allow concealed carry. Having a concealed carry permit does not make you dangerous. It does not make you unlawful. It does not make you reckless. It merely shows that you have decided to take a class to become a safer armed citizen, and that is it. And if I want to carry it into a bar and decide not to disarm because prior to that law, I wasn't allowed to go in where there was liquor being served, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm allowed to make that decision now. If I don't if I decide to bring the gun in and I don't want to drink, I won't drink. Guess what? I'm a man. I'll make that decision. It was the gun rant, one of the best rants ever. Plus, I loved hanging up on Huck. It was great. Let's see. What else did we have? Well, a lot of people wanted to hear Tuffy's rant on the uh, Lakeland issue, but uh, that wasn't a rant. That was a dissertation in length. <laughs> He's a talker now. I don't know if you've noticed this Tuffy Stone, but I think all you need to do is say hi and then just sit back for the next three hours. He can talk to you about some stuff, and then when he's done, he can talk to you about some more stuff. That's for sure. All right. So there's no way I'm going to replay that. Deep Beef has a sound bite. All right, everything else has a sound bite, so uh, the only one that doesn't have a sound bite that a lot of people have mentioned is the pet owner's rant that I have. Don't even get me started again. The blood is already starting to boil. Pet owners. Quickly surmised after a trip down to Washington, D.C., the great nation's capital, I was meeting with top men in the barbecue industry to talk about certain things. I was also able to glean these bits of information. There's two types of pet owners. There are the hospitable pet owners. And then there are the pet owners that seem to think that their pets have the same rights, abilities, and wanderabouts as regular human beings. Get that big stuff out of here. I'm not of that camp myself. Now, self-admittedly, I'm not pet guy. My oldest daughter is here. I'm sure she would admit right fully on camera and on the microphone that I'm not necessarily like the biggest pet guy in the world. I don't want a dog in my house. Sure as hell don't want a cat. I would, I would take a dog over a cat. I would take a, a, a battery-powered bird the most so I can just take the batteries out of that bitch and I wouldn't have to worry about it. But here, here are two styles of pet owners. You have the hospitable pet owner. Somebody who realizes you're coming from Cleveland, you're coming to my house, you have little kids, maybe they might get freaked out by the dog. Maybe I'll go ahead and do this. 
I want to make sure that this is a great experience for them. I know they're going through some type of an expense to get down here, and they want to see a lot of the sights and all this other stuff. I'm going to put these dogs in a uh, in a, not a shelter, but I'm going to put these dogs in a kennel for a couple of days so we can really tear it up and have a great time. There you go. That's that's that might even be like over overprotective great pet owner. Then you have the pet owner that has made arrangements for the kennel, but we're going to try it out. And if things start to go south with everybody in the house, the kids are getting scared and it's a little crazy, they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to take these dogs to the kennel or whatever and everything's going to be good. I like that too. The worst, the worst of the best part would be I'm just going to section these dogs off. I'm going to keep them in the garage or we're going to keep them in the basement or they're going to be up in the bedroom. Wherever the kids are and we are, we're just hanging out. We're having a good time because we want to enjoy each other because we don't see each other a lot. We're going to have these pets off somewhere else, and we can deal with that over the next couple of days because we want to see you. We want to enjoy you. That's the pet owner that I'm talking about. That's the pet owner I want to be when I grow up. Don't give me that look. And then we have crappy pet owner of the world. Get that big stuff out of here. Pet owner that allows dog to freely range about the house like it's some sort of cattle or mustangs ranging over the open plains of texas or uh arkansas water bowls sitting out dog hair all over the goddamn place on carpets on sofas on lazy boy chairs that are made out of leather up and down stairs, on your computer, on your TV. I don't want to breathe in because I don't want the dander and the pet hair to get into my lungage and die of a asphyxiation attack. I don't want that. But that's bad pet owner. Bad pet owner thinks the dog doesn't have a problem. Your kid has a problem. If your kid wouldn't be so scared of the dog that's 10 times its size and could easily eat it from head to toe in six or seven seconds, everything would be fine. If your kid didn't sit there and go, every time my 600-pound husky German Shepherd mix backed it into a corner and showed its teeth, everything would be honky-dory. Everything's going to be fine. Just let it play out over the next five or six hours. And if she bites him, the kid probably did something to provoke the dog. And it's not the dog's fault. It's the kid's fault. Get that big stuff out of here. Let me get out of your house absolutely right now. That's bad pet owner. If you don't know if you're bad pet owner or not, newsflash, you're bad pet owner. If you refer to your dog or cat as my kid, you're bad pet owner. A dog is not a kid. A dog is a dog. A dog is an animal. When a dog or cat dies, you grieve. It was part of your family for many years, perhaps. You know what the difference is? You go out and buy another freaking dog. You don't go out and buy another kid. You know what the difference is? When the dog won't stop barking and is a pain in your ass, you kick its ass outside and you put it on a chain. If I do that to my infant because I'm sick of it hearing cry and whine and crap its diaper, so I put it on a chain out back, neighbors get the wrong idea. Get that big stuff out of here. I'm going to jail for doing that. That's bad pet on. All right? So, just so we're clear, I like good pet owner. I'm not a fan of bad pet owner. And bad pet owner, you know who you are. If you've never heard anybody describe bad pet owner, you're bad pet owner. 
Sorry. Don't want to out you. Don't want to have to have you look in that mirror. I'm looking at a man in a mirror. Uh Never mind. All right, let's get to the sound bites here before uh, we run out of time. What do we got? I got to look for time here. One minute. All right, here's, oh, we did fun with sensor beeps already. 155. Uh, Ray Lampy again with the effing mud hole just to hear it because it's funny. They're just in a in a, a fucking mud hole with each other at this point. And- yeah. Doc bringing it strong. All right. I'm just biding my time here because we're going to do one more spot read and then we're just going to go ahead and uh, run. We're going to run over the. Where's Kevin? Is Kevin Bevington on right now? Kevin, we're probably going to go a little bit over because I want to get the best bit rants in. Uh, we have 12 days of barbecue Christmas coming on. Everybody's favorite. The Jack Daniels from Hot Grill and Grill Action song is going to get played. Dave's cab rant is coming up. It's going to be absolutely one of the fabulous uh, 15 or 20 minutes left uh, that we've ever done on the show. So uh, get ready for that. Let me tell you something. We've done it. I was finally able to secure one of the top manufacturers of wood pellets here to the show. Proud to announce. Pellet manufacturer and supplier to stars, Candy Weaver of Barbecuers Delight, joins the sponsorship fold of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. So first and foremost, do you cook with pellets? Do you have a pellet-fired cooker? Do you have an FEC? Do you have a Traeger? Do you have a Mac grill? Do you have a Green Mountain grill? Do you have a Gorilla? I do. Yeah, we'll get into that later. You need a quality pellet to burn in these cookers, right? And that's why you want to check out newest sponsor of the show, Barbecuers Delight. Now, sure... Traeger's going to sit there and scare you to death that if you don't buy their pellets, they're going to somehow ruin your, or they're not going to honor your warranty or something like that. Barbecuer's Delight is more than just pellets for fuel. 100% wood-flavored pellets for smoke on any kind of cooker. You add smoke just like you'd add salt and pepper. There's 14 flavors included in one-pound bags, including Jack Daganiel's smoking pellets made from the mellowing charcoal from the distillery. Can you believe that? It's absolutely fantastic. You can also get them in bigger varieties, right? They've been making barbecue pellets as fuel since 1994. Started with four, uh, four flavors, hickory, mesquite, cherry, and oak. Back then, pellet manufacturing industry was much smaller. The exchange uh, pellet company that made the cherry pellets. And basically, so what you would do, they have a mix, all right? So the mix has always been at barbecue. It's like two-third oak, one-third flavor wood. And that gives good flavor with high BTUs for heat. The oak sawdust is a residual form, is residual from an oak flooring mill south of our location. If we didn't make this sawdust into pellets, it would be burnt or head to a landfill. So it's almost like we're green and recycling in a way. Right now, again, they have 11 flavors, but hickory is always number one. It sells three times more than the next flavor pellet, which is hickory's milder, sweeter cousin, pecan. That's right. Pecan. Everybody loves pecan. I prefer apple myself. That's just me. 
So go to Candy's website, BBQRS Delight. BBQRS Delight. And hook up with Candy. Start using the newest sponsor for pellets. We're going to give away a sampler pack as well tonight. So don't go anywhere before the show's over. You don't even have to call in. Well, you're going to have to call in, I suppose. But we'll be right back with uh, some of the best bits. 0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Now remember, there's Candy Weaver, the business person. There's Candy Weaver, the KCBS president. Two different people. Well, same person. Anyway, newest sponsor of the show, go to BBQRS Delight, BBQRSDelight.com, and get pellets. You can get them 20-pound bags as well if you have the cookers. You're not going to obviously want to order one-pound bags, but we'll give out a sampler pack as well tonight just for getting you ready. If you've never tried pellets to cook with, you can do them on the grill. You can do them on the... Uh, Bullet-style smokers as well. All right, let's go ahead and try and wrap this show up, if at all possible, with the best rants. And these are going to have audio included, so you get to kind of relive some of the best things ever. All right, let's do it by vote. Get ready. We have the Q Cologne. We have Rim Job from uh, Robin Lindars. We have the Hot Grill on Grill Actions Jack Song. We have Dave Bosca's cab rant, and we have the deep beef rant. Uh, which, what does everybody want? Go ahead. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. What do you want? All right. Let me go ahead and do this one first. Q Cologne made its appearance in June, and it was one of the most terrific things ever. And I want to replay how it all played out after I got mine. And I was the first one to get it ordered. And here was my summation, live as it happened on the show in June. Sit back and enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for a review on the show. Got it last week. You heard it here a week ago. I had Heath Hall on from Pork Barrel Barbecue. They launched Q Cologne. It's the, as far as we know, the world's first fragrance for the outdoor barbecue and griller. This can be found at porkbarrelbbq.com slash Q. That's Q-U-E. Ordered it last Monday, had Heath all, as I just said on last week, to talk about the official launch. He meant, he pumped me up. I was excited that it wasn't a gimmick and that it was indeed for real, a real product that I was going to be able to put on my person. Showed up on Friday night in the box. And that was pretty much where the positive stuff kind of ends for me, guys. And then we have the cologne. Sorry. It's a swing and a miss, guys. Uh, so anyway, the box showed up Friday night, and I have to say, Heath did a great job selling me on Tuesday. I was pumped up. I unpacked it, and I could kind of already smell it, which I thought was a little odd because I unwrapped it from that nice bubble pack and gave a little sniff of the bottle. I'm like, is that smell coming from inside the bottle, or did it attach from, like, the warehouse or something, and then it got shipped? Typically, you don't smell cologne or perfume when you have the cap on, and and you can't, like, smell it from the glass. But this was... A little different, I think. So I removed the cap and gave it a good sniffy sniff. And really, like a lead pipe to the face. <laughs> holy crap. Those were the only words that came to mind. Holy crap. And the next word that came to my mind was offensive. I mean, it was bad. Really bad. And I know there were they were kind of going for that meat and sweat and smoke. This was captured all wrong. If this is, bar- this is what barbecue smells like, 
then I either stink more than I thought to the point of giving people headaches and vomiting, or I need to change the concept and focus of this show starting right now. I need to give it another try. But no, every time, just as bad as the next. And now it was like sticking in my nose. It was giving me a headache. And I couldn't actually bring myself to press the head down and actually release Q into my house like via the air. It was that type of a smell where I didn't actually want to... I didn't... I couldn't do it. I just dropped 25 bucks on something that I was not actually going to be able to use because I didn't want to run the risk of potentially offending my customers. But quite frankly, I, I didn't know if I could actually handle me smelling like that for nine hours. You know, you're probably asking yourself, Rappy, what does this stuff smell like? Great question. Let me tell you. To me, it smells like Heath and Brent were able to capture a burning meth house that had been extinguished with like 900 gallons of water and then left to dry in 100% heat and humidity. And then they found one of those wood beams and kind of gave it a good ringing. And that liquid that came out of that wood was put like right into the bottle and was shipped out for purchase. It was let's say, way smoky, to be very kind. But it was not smoky like sweet. It was smoky in a bitter way, kind of like in that hot fire creosote kind of way with hints of liquid smoke, which I think we all know by now, liquid smoke, not a fan. And then attempted to sweeten it up a little bit with incense that they burn in Catholic church, like during communion and uh, during the breaking of the bread and all that. At least that's what I thought it smelled like. And I did take it to work to give to my coworkers, kind of pass it around to make sure that this wasn't just me uh, because everybody's palate's different. Every time I gave it to somebody, it was the classic smell it, jerk your head back and go like, what the F was that? There's a good chance that this product has perhaps single-handedly set barbecue back at least 10 years. Uh, Myron Mixon swearing like a sailor on TV, on national broadcast TV, thinks this cologne is offensive. Sweaty gym socks that have been hiding in a musty hallway closet for two months are laughing. <laughs> laughing at how bad Q cologne smells right out of the bottle. And the majority of their products have been a hit. But this ain't one of them, boys. I swear to God. Q Cologne's review right there. Oh, my God. It was. If you haven't tried it, I'm telling you right now. Good for you. It's not funny and it's not fun. So Q Cologne, that was uh, the Q Cologne rant live as it happened back in June. All right. Now let's go to. Oh, man. So many good ones to choose from right now. Let's go to the Robin Lindar's Rinja. Stand by for this. This was Robin just kind of off the cuff saying that she had meant to tell everybody when she was on, you know, a little bit earlier in the segment about this uh, issue that took place when she was down at the Kingsford University in Las Vegas. And this is her recollection of the rim job. We did a competition. Like they ended up putting us in teams and we had to grill cocktails. And I can't believe I forgot to tell you guys this. So it was me and Meathead and John Dawson was on our team as well. And also Chris Grove. And so if you look on my blog, there's a picture of it, but we ended up coming up with this cocktail that this is kind of dirty and I feel bad about saying it, but at the time I didn't know what it meant, but we called it the rim job. So, Oh my, the rim job. Yes, and at the time, because I'm a naive Southern girl that's like, you know, 
I just thought it sounded dirty because it had the <laughs> word job in it. Right. And, um, I know, I know. So my mom is, she'd be proud that I didn't know what it means. Right. So, I I hope so. It sounded funny. And, um, but the, the premise of the cocktail was like meat, meat had, um, came up with this, like we dipped the, we dipped the glass into like a barbecue rub to line, to rim the glass. So that's where the word rim came from. And then we used a rib, a, like a, you know, um, like a little slab of rib as the swizzle stick. So it was a really cool concept. Right. And I get up there and present it to everyone. And I'm like, here we have the rim job. And I really had no idea what a rim job was. Um, but then the moral of the story is we actually won the best cocktail from the competition and later I went on my phone and Googled what a rim job was and was pretty mortified. But Yeah! I was going to say, which uh, one of those raging pervs decided to tell you what a rim job was? I, I don't know. I guess it was, was just all, you know, we'd been drinking and it was funny at the time. And, <laughs> and it really made a good story. And that's so I kind of renamed it on my blog, the rib job instead uh. of the rib job. But I was joking with my husband that if I, if I called it the rib, rim job, I'd probably get a ton of hits on my blog. Wow. Did you hear that? Rim job, baby. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. What are you going to do with that, girl? All right. So that was Robin Lindars with the rim job. Um, now, wow, this is, I mean, it's out of trying not to sound like I'm too self-involved, I'm going to go ahead and save uh, Dave Bosca and the Jack song here. And we're going to go with the – look, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was – was it April that I say when we were going through? The deep beef segment. If you didn't hear it, this is what it sounded like live. Let me give you a little backstory on this in case you're not exactly familiar. There was a, a guy who was giving away some product on the show, uh, and it was uh, Sweet Smoky Okies. Deep beef injection. He had like a pork rub and a rib injection or it was a rib marinade or something like that. And uh, we were giving it away, and Deep Beef kept coming up for that particular show a number of times. And each time I said it, I was continually getting a little bit more giggly about it. And it kind of led into a very spontaneous bit that sounded something a little bit like this. This probably isn't going to work out very well, but that's all right. Oh, yeah, baby. We got the one-pound bag, Smoky Okies. Deep beef brisket injection. You want to find out about it? You can just go to usbbqsupply.com. You know you want to call in. It's so smooth. Sometimes when I'm with Mrs. Rempy, we take a one-pound bag of Smoky Oki's deep beef brisket injection. Make sweet love. That's right. Oh, shit. I got a phone call. Hold on a second. Area code 919. Name and where you're calling from. Yeah, Mike from Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, Mike. How are you tonight, buddy? I'm pretty good. Good show tonight. Hey, appreciate it, Mike. Uh, thanks for listening. Mike, we have a one-pound bag of Smokey Oki's deep beef brisket injection, and that puts some deep beef into your brisket. Uh, $15 value. Do you, do you uh, inject beef? Yeah, uh, I would like to try that. All right. Uh, so all you need to do is send me your shipping info via email, greg at the BBQ Central Show. 
Uh, Mike, just make sure you reference uh, what they won. That way I can make sure it gets to the right person, and we'll get it right out to you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for calling in, Mike. <laughs> God damn it. All right. No more phone calls. I'm right in the middle of something over here. <clears throat> Hold on a second. Wait. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing better than sweet, smoky okies, deep beef, brisket injection. That's right. Hey, let me tell you something. Put some deep beef into your brisket. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Rempy was just saying to me the other day, Mr. Rempy, how about some of that? Deep beef. I said, you know it, baby. Meet me in five. Be sure to pack a lunch and a breakfast. Because we're going to go all night long making that sweet love. With that sweet smoky okies. Deep beef brisket injection. That's right. USBBQsupply.com. Gotta be 18 or over to get into that one. <laughs> All right, enough. There it was. As it happened in, God, was it April or May? I forget what I said. The deep beef could be one of the best spontaneous bits that had ever happened on the show before. Plus, I mean, you probably noticed when you were listening, took a phone call right in the middle of that. So that's what happens when you're doing a giveaway and you have some kind of, I don't know, weird deep beef thing going on in your head that you got to see how it plays out. See, tech talk, uh, tech talk with Carlos, worst idea ever. Spontaneous deep beef giveaway segment, best bit ever. Speaking of best bits ever, let's go ahead and race over to this little duty, uh, uh, this little beauty. This is one of those other things, kind of spontaneous, mentioned offhand about certified Angus beef tech toke. You're right about that, John Dawes. Mentioned offhand while having one of the best informative segments with Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue, CAB or certified Angus beef. And I was kind of talking through him, telling me to hold on. Like you can hear him as this bit sounds. He's already going, whoa, stop, stop, stop. He's telling me to stop. I don't even realize what's this radio gold that's about to happen. If you haven't heard the cab rant, you are about to hear how it happened as it happened live on the show. Right now, it is 1 minute 42.5 seconds of absolute beauty. Dave Bosca's cab rant. Move uh, a foot for, uh, for uh, Wagyu. Uh, was... uh, yes. No, don't, don't, get, don't get me started on the CAB program. <laughs> that is one of the biggest jokes put out there. Um, don't get me started there. That is absolutely nothing but a marketing ploy. Sorry. Um, certified Angus beef. Okay, Angus beef by the USDA standards is 60% of that, I'm sorry, 51% of that skin has to be black. They then say that there's enough Angus bloodline that they can still call that Angus. There are several breeds of beef out there that are not Angus that 
can fall under the CAB program. Black Balbies, um, Belted Galloways, there is Holstein beef that's a lot of black in them. There's, there's, there's some black Santa Gertrudis. There's a lot of beef that are not Angus, but according to the USDA, there's enough black on their skin that they can still say, oh, somewhere in the, in the history of that animal, there was Angus. They can call it Angus. That doesn't mean that it was a certified Angus beef. That means the packing plant said it had enough black on the skin. So I think if you're going to buy into a program, buy into a certified Angus farm program, buy into a uh, grading system program, but I don't buy into certified Angus beef programs. That's There's... Too many loopholes, and it's being used, and I know the producers that are doing them, so I don't buy into that. Wow. One of the best spontaneous rants ever on the show, and yes, that's exactly how it happened. I... I don't. I don't even know where I was going with the question. I think I was actually going to ask Dave. You know, if uh, pitmasters are using the choice briskets that you find at Sam's Club, why would you want to go to a Wagyu or a Cab? And that's how that whole lead up to stop, 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 and then that superior one point uh, one minute and fifty four second point five tenths of beautiful rant came off from one of my guests. So uh, that was awesome. Dave, thank you for that. One of the premier crowning moments of 2011 right there on the show. And I have you to thank for it. And again, go back and listen to that whole segment. It was one of the most informative segments on the whole year of the show. So make sure that you go back and check that out. But within that informational segment with Dave was one of the best two-minute burns on a subject that I have ever heard and something that will live in long legend here on the show. All right, two more things to go. And I was debating which one should be played as like the number one bit. I will relinquish to what is probably the most talked about bit of the year and requested bit of the year. And so coming up in the runner-up position... Oh, sorry, I was going to do Dave there again. Uh, Coming up in the runner-up position... 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas is sung by me on lead and the Central Light Beauties here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. As it happened on the show last week... 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas, credit to Hot Grill on Grill Action for help writing the words. But this is the song, this is our voices, and this is how it sounded on the show. All right, here we go. It's the 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas, and we're starting now. On the first day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me a case of cold Coors Light. On the second day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me two chimney starters and a case of cold Coors Light. On the third day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fourth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me four packs for sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fifth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the sixth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, 
Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the seventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five wet Weber bullets. Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the eighth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me eight spring drinks. Seven pill bags burning, six thermometers probing, five weapons, four packs of sugar, three, four cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight averages spraying, seven cold bags burning, six thermometers for oh, I messed up. Four packs of brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. Ten on the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice springs, seven cold bags burning, six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets. Four packs of brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven cobacks burning, six thermometers probing, five weather bullets, four packs of sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me twelve spices blending, eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice greens, seven cobacks burning, six thermometers probing, eight four packs of sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. Rock. Just like that. All right. We rock. Yeah. All right. So that is only leading up to <clears throat> the number one bit of 2011. And I actually have to go to the interwebs for this because it was so in hot demand that I couldn't actually download it to my computer and put it in my cart deck. In 2011, the Hot Grill on Grill Action Boys made it down to the Jack Daniels. They were very excited. Raced to the recording studios at Hot Grill on Grill Action headquarters and put together what some consider to be the most epic barbecue song as it relates to the Jack Daniels ever on the face of the earth. I unveil to you, folks, the number one bit of 2011... The Hot Grill on Grill Action, Jack Daniels Acceptance Song. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Ribs, chicken, brisket, pork, dessert, Jack Daniels sauce. Jack, Jack, Hot Grill on Grill Action at the Jack. What up, yo, word em up, make split. Famous Amos, Logan Anderson, pork. Dessert, Jack Daniel sauce, Jack, Jack, I'm going to election at the Jack. What up, yo, word of mouth, Mickey Split, Famous Amos, Logan Anderson, Ribs, Chicken, Brisket, Ribs, Chicken, Brisket, 
Daniel Sauce and Jack, Jack, Hot Girl and Girl Action. There he is. Logan, Ryan, Matt, the other guy who I can never remember. Uh, let me see. Hold on one second. Matt, there's uh, Logan Hendrickson, Ryan Amos, uh, Matt Franton, brother of uh, Peter, and is it is it Chris? No, it's not Steve. Damn it. What's his name? Logan, help a brother out here. I'm dying over here. All right, so there was the 2011 bit of the year, song of the year, whatever you want to call it, uh, from the Jack Daniels. Uh, Chris, that's right. Chris Yellick, right? Um, so there you have it. It was tough between the 12 days of barbecue Christmas and the Jack Daniels song. But Jack Daniels always wins out because Jack Daniels is, uh, quite frankly, a better liquor than the 12 days of barbecue Christmas because you only have beer in there and uh, seven thermometers probing. All right, there you go. Uh, So this show comes to an end. Uh, We look forward to next year. So while I have this uh, brief moment, I want to thank everybody for listening this year. And I appreciate the patronage and support that you have given the show and you continue to make it a success and fun to do. And really, that's uh, the only reason why I do it, because it's fun to do. It has nothing to do with anything else. I will strive to continually make the show better next year in 2012. I plan on big, great things happening for the show, for uh, growing things and listenership and live audience, but uh, perhaps even uh, farther out from that as well if things kind of fall into place. Uh, I also, of course, want to thank all the sponsors of the show for believing in it, coming aboard, seeing it as a vehicle to expand their products out to the barbecue and grilling masses, and the folks that we love so much, uh, appreciate them finding value in the show and supporting it right along here over the course of the live show as well. Um, Anybody got anything else to say? Good show? It was all me. Got to be a good show if it's all me, right? Damn right. All right, let's wrap it up. 2011. Check. Good year for barbecue. Happy to have it. One of the coolest years ever in the world of barbecue. Lots of great things happened on the show that we were able to recap, relive here over the last two hours and 23 minutes. Appreciate Kevin staying on long for me. Going to get this video out to you so you have it, Kevin. Soon. The show will be up in podcast in the next 24 hours or so. Got to get up early and go to work tomorrow. Holiday hours. And we'll be back next Tuesday with a jam-packed show already. So be sure to tune in. Tell all your friends and neighbors. First one to email me. BBQers Delight Pellets gets it. The sample pack. Uh, send your email or send your shipping address as well. I will reply to the ones that didn't get it, so you're not just throwing stuff in there. Let me help you to control the rusty grill-grade population. If you have raw cast iron and you use it after each and every use, as it's cooling down in the cool-down period, hit with a little pan, hit it with some Crisco, let it burn back in and receive in those grates. Give you years of trouble-free use. It's a spectacular, easy maintenance thing to do. Also, as we close out this year... One thing that I'm never going to forget, September 11th, 2001, never forget. Until we see you next year, because 11 is closing. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy, 
Good night now. 